the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 39 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Briefcasts are usually when I come to you guys solo, but like previously, we have a great interview as one of the special teams unit will be in the building, have a lot of fun stuff for you, and I'm going to run it down for you, but first and foremost, Thank you so much for tuning in. We certainly appreciate it. want to thank all of you guys who took time out to make phone calls, text messages, message me on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook, all the folks who follow me on Twitter, and the folks who have subscribed to the emails from wadeswordproductions.com. So all of those things are going on. I want to remind you, please go to the website, wadeswordproductions.com, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D-P-R-O-D-U-C-T. I-O-N-S dot com. Now, I got it all out. And, of course, you can give me a call 24 hours a day. The Sports Talk with Devin Wade hotline at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Now, this time out, we have a wonderful, wonderful podcast for you. We have our brand new segment, so I can keep you guys abreast of what's going on with me. Then I will hit you with some headlines. After that, I'll hear from you guys with a We the People segment. I'll tell you more about that. After that, we'll do post-mortem or start post-mortem on week three of the NFL season. And we have a feature that we started last week. It's, uh, I guess, our second time doing this feature. It's not only who was nice, it was who was D-nice. We'll tell you who got off, who had great games over the weekend, who had wonderful celebratory weekends because of their performances or performances of their teams. After that, we will take a brief time out. On the other side, we will have a segment that we call Steel Called the Blues. That is for all teams who lost and all the players who sort of were underwhelming and the folks whose luck took a turn for the worse. So uh, we'll try that out and see how that plays. Then we anticipate a visit from our very own, from the special teams unit, Eddie Robinson. It's been so long since we've heard from him, and uh, we've missed hearing from this guy, former NFL linebacker, and we'll get his take on his who that's. He's a, a new what a, a New Orleanian. That, that's what it is. We, we figured that out, or I figured that out. He's known it his whole life. He's a New Orleanian, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk some Saints, we'll talk some Texans, and he has uh, some opinions about the entire NFL and a few other things. You never know when the two of us get talking, but that's coming up. Then we have a Lamont Award, and after we have a Lamont Award, we'll get out of here, but before I let go, we'll wrap things up and uh, send you on your way and listen to the rest of the mix from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. want to remind you guys, if you are a fledgling artist and or DJ, a musician of any sort, and you'd like your music played on our podcast, it's easy to do. Hit me up, Devin at WadesWordProductions.com or on social media at WadesWord or the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So I won't have to, I won't slow that down because you can go back and, and listen to it. But again, I I will give you the email address one more time. Devin at wageworldproductions.com. And, of course, all I require is that it's radio edit. And just send me an email allowing me permission to play a snippet at the halfway point. And at the end of the show, we will play uh, an extended portion of a mix or an entire song. And our audience from literally 
coast to coast and all over the world, beyond that, all over the world can be exposed to your music and you never know who's going to hear you when we play the music on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You never know. You, you just never know. Additionally, want to remind you guys, if you want to sponsor a episode or a number of episodes, we have packages available for sponsors, have a brand new sponsor coming aboard in October. But again, hit me, Devin at WadesWordProductions.com. That's Devin at WadesWordProductions.com. And again, at social media, reach out to me any way you can. Oh, you know what? 832-941-6614 is a great way to reach me as well. So with that, let's go to a segment that we call Brand new brand new brand new brand new what's brand new with me is that i am under the weather i'm sure you can hear it i'm nasally and i'm i'm sure it comes through i I try to disguise it i have done a lot but i have a little bit of a cold and if you know me hey i stay sick for a long time but i think i'm turning a corner on this so maybe this won't persist for months like my other illnesses but i'm you know, I'm paranoid about being sick. I hate being sick. And I talked about it. And sure enough, I'm sick. And I don't feel well. Um, but we we press on and we get through it. I've uh, been able to drink my green tea. And I've had my garlic. And I'm trying to do it. And as soon as I get well, I'm going to have a flu shot. I used to, I, I guess as I get older, and I guess if, as things have happened around me, I'm a lot more afraid of illness. Maybe we need to work it out. Maybe you guys can be my group therapist because I'm telling you right now, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to be sick. So we fight it and we fight it hard. But the other thing is I brought up Brussels sprout Wednesdays and I want you guys to get on board with that. I don't know why that's my cadence. I have a familiar, I'm not sort of a similar cadence for, uh, uh, the Lamar Award and Brussels Sprout Wednesdays. <laughs> so <laughs> I got some positive feedback. I'm if you want, then you tell me. 832-941-6614. You tell me, do you want a t-shirt that says Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast and Brussels Sprout Wednesdays? Let me know. So hey, just give me feedback. I'm going to get them done. They're gonna be green t-shirts. And they're going to have a logo on them, a Brussels sprout logo. Because it started with LeBron at Taco Tuesdays, but I'm he he can't do that. He couldn't do that, but I can possibly trademark Brussels sprout Wednesdays. Nobody's checking for that. Uh, so enough of that. Uh, the other thing it has been brought to my attention that I had the new segment, which I'm going to do again on Thursday, a good day. Who's going to have a good day? Predicting who will have a good day. And I use the background music that it just so happens. Walmart is using the same music. It's the Nappy Roots Good Day. Now, who in the hell in Walmart knows about Nappy Roots? You don't know about Poe folks. You don't know about the, the collab with Anthony Hamilton. You don't know about that. But yet, you have appropriated that song to sell whatever. I think, it, is it McDonald's? Is Walmart? It's one of these companies that have done that. And you, 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 you just, you, you're robbing the culture. Now, when I use it, it's adequately appropriated because I'm about at least that culture then. If I, if I use some of the other stuff that I use, it may not be my culture now because I'm out of the demographic. But So, yeah, I've heard that Walmart or McDonald's, one of them is using the same song. So I didn't get it from them. 
Because if you listen, you know I've in the musical beds in the past over the last couple of years, I've been rocking with the Nappy Roots and Good Day. I love that song, and I'm going to continue to use it. But again, I'm doing it for the culture. They're taking it and using it inappropriately. They, you know, they, they're not about the culture. I love that. That's that's you know I know that the, the thing the culture. But anyway, that's all of those things are what's brand new with me, and you'll continue to hear that music. So with that, let's go to a segment that we call headlines. Now you know what? There are a lot of things we can get into. A lot of things I will get into about the NFL. But I'm living the impeachment life. That's all I'll say about that. And then I'll move forward. But in headlines, a lot going on in the NFL. Big weekend for a number of teams. A lot of new quarterback situations. You see Daniel Jones. That's the big thing. Daniel Jones. And you know what? I watched him, and he looked good, and I have to give him his credit. So I won't knock him for that. But I tell you what, the important thing is I'm still rolling with Team Eli. <laughs> no, I'm not rolling with Eli. The important thing is that team still should have lost that game. He played well. And my boy Evan Ingram gave me some hell of fantasy points. So thank you for that, Daniel Jones. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the game, and I'll tell you, and I'll talk about him a little bit later on, but Jameis Winston had a heck of a game put that team in position to win. They took a delay a game penalty before attempting the game-winning field goal. And guess what? They missed a 34-yard field goal. Well, the kicker missed a 34-yard field goal. 34 yards. That's like an extra point in the new era of extra points. 34 yards. You can't do that. You can't miss that. And he missed it, and he missed it badly, and it was terrible. And, you know, the Giants win, and now you get to – I mean, the only thing uh, as nauseating – as uh, the Dallas Cowboy fans, is this this just East Coast bias with the Knicks, the Nets, the Jets, the Mets, the Giants. If any of those New York teams do anything, we have to hear about it. And it's like you, it, it didn't happen until it happened there. Nobody's going upstate New York and talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen is who you need to really be talking about. Yeah, you, you miss you got some run because he's sort of eclectic, kind of a weirdo kind of guy, and they like that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, this I'm going to be sick of Daniel Jones before you know it. Again, I have said this now. I mean, look, Eli, make your money. I think he's over $17 million or something. So he, he, he will not weep for being on the bench and he doesn't need my tears and my sympathy. He's good. And he will probably get into the hall of fame as well. He should because in the biggest moments. And again, I know people will, they will debate me and people are passionate about disagreeing with me, but Kevin Allen, the silver Fox made it a point. I don't know where he was. He stopped whatever he was doing to call me to say, ha ha, look at Daniel Jones, but the team was supposed to lose the game to Tampa Bay. Can't miss a 34-yard chip shot field goal. You can't do that in today's NFL. Well, it was done. They even positioned the ball so the kicker could make the kick. And 
he missed it anyway. But in other news, and we'll talk about this, the Texans were a big road, road win. And uh, the team that sort of is so disappointing, we'll talk about them, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The big news here is the Houston Astros, for the third year in a row, have clinched their division, and they are a half game up on the, the home field advantage in the American League up over the Yankees. It's going to be a whole lot of fun around the city of Houston. We had a big debate about the Cy Young Award winner. Now, they're competing big time where Gary Cole, who can have possibly two more starts, and then Justin Verlander are competing. So here are the stats, and you guys give me your pick. You can go either way on these just about. I think Verlander clearly gets the edge at this point, although Cole has surpassed the 300 strikeout mark. Justin Verlander, 20-6 and six on the season. Gary Cole, 18-5. and five. Keep in mind, he has one, maybe two more starts. Now, here are the ERAs for both. 2.53 for Verlander, 2.61 for Garrett Cole. Let's look at strikeouts. 288 for Justin Verlander, 302 for Cole. Uh, walks, 46 for Cole, 42 for Verlander. And finally, earned runs, 61 for Verlander. 58 for Gary Cole. Now, Cole has one more shot. Again, they just clinched the division. I don't know what how they're going to handle the rotation. I'm sure he'll go out there at least for one more start. And uh, we'll have to see how they handle things down the stretch. It'll, I guess it'll depend on how serious they are about uh, winning home field advantage, how competitive that is down the stretch, and how healthy that team seems to be. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. To see how AJ Hinn is gonna a uh, hinch is going to handle his team uh, now that they've clinched and they have some time and trying to get all their ducks in a row so everything can line up. This team is is incredible. I'm telling you, the Major League Baseball playoffs are gonna be amazing, and I just can't wait. We may have another World Series champion here in the city of Houston. Can you imagine that? And this time I'm on board. Last time, let me tell you what happened last time. Last time. It was like, nah, not this year. You have the Red Sox and the Yankees to go through, and if you do that, you have the Dodgers. Nah, not our year. And really, look, I want to say it was Cleveland. Cleveland was a team that you were worried about, and you thought, man, I don't. They're there now. They're getting seasoned, but this won't be the year. And it turned out to be the year. And nobody knew it was going to be the year all season long. You could have, I mean, like I said, the the bandwagon slowly started to feel now over the last couple years we know they're good we know everybody we know we follow them daily i mean the entire community not just segments of the community more i won't say everybody because everybody doesn't but i'm telling you everybody's room for the astros i mean that's i mean you you gotta love them bregman el tuve verlander i mean brantley it's just i mean it's amazing this team is, is something else correa Springer, love those guys. Worry about Miley, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll have some more baseball talk before the playoffs start, so look for that. But that is the headline. So I can go a lot more. I'm going to go more to some uh, uh, NFL stuff. And, and let's start with that now because it's time for a segment that we call We the People. We the People. 
Before I get immersed in the We the People segment, wanna do I wanna comment on Antonio Brown going to talk to Eddie Robinson about him. But last podcast I'd done a whole podcast and at the very end, breaking news, Antonio Brown was released by the Patriots. And it was just it's a ridiculous situation. And you know, at some point you have to wonder if the guy is mentally okay or is he just plain ignorant. <laughs> I mean you know and you know, I don't wanna overstate my care and concern about Antonio Brown as, as a human being, because I think we do that. We, we comment on these guys. Like we ultimately really care. And again, I care to the extent, I mean, I care because I'm a human being. I want the guy to be okay. And you want a guy that goes from rags to riches to stay in riches. You don't, even though it's not me, it's his life. And you know, he can spend it and do what, what he wants to do with his life. You want in America. I think it's just natural that we root, for rags to riches to stay rich. You don't, you know, the cautionary tale is rags to riches back to rags. And you just don't want that to happen. And I don't think necessarily he's in danger of that. But we've seen so many athletes lose money and squander money. And it's unfortunate. But you can trace it back to the mentality. And I always talk about the small things as it pertains to the mentality. But you just can't, you can't go that far out of your way to throw away that kind of money. It's just, and beyond that, I really care about him as a football player. Now, 15 years from now, I won't know where Antonio Brown resides or how he's living or what condition. I'll be, I mean, again, I wasn't a, a Steelers fan, so I won't have that lifelong care and like I do for Earl. You know, Earl, if, if, if Earl needed a kidney, I may not be able to give him a kidney. I drank a little bit too much, but... I would help him find a kidney, okay? If Earl needed a kidney, I would help him find a kidney. And that's, you know, like that for if Elijah Wan needed something. Now, Elijah Wan needed a cup of coffee, I got you. I got you, you. You entertained me. You brought me a championship. If you, you know, I, I'm in, you know, he may not have caffeine. I don't know. But whatever it is, he, tea. If you needed some tea, I got you. Dream, I got you. I know you don't do alcohol. But I got you. You because of what you done for me, what the pleasure you provided for me. Antonio Brown, not as much. I'm not a Steelers fan like that. I was a, a Antonio Brown fan. I'm saying all that to say, you know, we get overly concerned like we really care about these guys and how they live their lives. In reality, for the most part, they entertain us and they go on with their lives. Now, is that an indictment on me or us as a society? Of course it is. You, you, the gladiators that step into the ring, but we do it with artists. We do it with musicians. I mean, we do it with how many of our favorite artists died in a way uh, they were indigent or they, they died in a way, you know, where life had kind of turned its back on them and all of those things. We see it over and over and over again. We just want people to entertain us. And then when they can't do that, move along. Nobody's buying a Ronnie DeVoe album. Shame on y'all. You should be. You should be buying Ronnie DeVoe albums. Okay? MC Father should be should be somewhere celebrated. But no, he does two songs, and you don't want to have anything else to do with it. So, okay? Houdini. Houdini, you, you, they should never work again. I don't know what they're doing for a living now. I don't think it's rapping. 
I'm saying all that to say we we take the we maybe this is just not the commentary for this segment necessarily. It's certainly not the commentary for we the people, but it just you know I it, I went down this rabbit hole and that's kind of where I ended up. But I'll say this, you know, you I want Antonio Brown to get his life together because you want the guy on the field and you want him to man, he's just such a look. I mean, we we live vicariously through these guys. You you want to be able to do that. I always used to ask the question, if you could run, I mean, this is dated now, but if you could run, okay, it was Carl Lewis, but if you could run like Carl Lewis, now it's Usain Bolt. If for one day you could run like Usain Bolt or uh, uh, a jump and slam dunk a basketball like Michael Jordan or uh, what was the other one I always used? If you could uh, sing like Michael Jackson for a day, which one would you choose? If you had to choose one, sing like Michael Jackson for a day, run like Usain Bolt for a day, or slam dunk like Michael Jordan for a day, like what? What would you choose? I mean, for me, it's pretty easy. I, I, I sing. I be Mike for a day. I don't know whatever my my current commitments are, but that's voided. I mean, <laughs> if I can go out and be Mike for a day, I mean, I don't mean appearance. I mean, I can go out and sing like Mike. No, I've been no, I haven't even been compared to Mike. But I'll say this: it's a good thing. It's a it's a good thing that these guys have the talent that they have to transform their lives, and we root for them. And I'm rooting for Antonio Brown. So maybe the, I mean, and again, let's let's aside from the allegations. If the allegations are true, then obviously he needs to be dealt with, not just in civil court, but in criminal court. But, again, that's a different issue. But right now, I'm talking just about from the football business standpoint, not a good look for Antonio Brown. And you just went way out of your way. You can write a book on what not to do. But here's where I got in, into it with some New England fans. This is what I don't like. I don't like New England fans looking down their noses like, oh, well, no, you can't do that in New England. We, you know, we, the organization is too important. The shield is too, first of all, I've been on, I went off and off and off and off and off about the shield. I don't ever want to hear that glitch skin about the shield. I don't care about the shield because we know, even if you just go with the Colin Kaepernick, even if you go with the head trauma that they tried to deny these guys, even if you go with all of the shots they shot these guys up with in the 70s, 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, in 90s, the shield is, is a mirage. That's the wizard, okay? Once you look behind the curtain, it, it is what it's a big industry that gobbles up people like every other major industry. It's no worse, certainly not any better than a lot of major in, industries in this country. So, I mean, that's why another thing why I don't go, I, that's why I don't boycott the NFL. You name another industry that don't chew people up and spit them out. That's what it is. These companies want to make money for investors. And they will, if that means taking jobs to third world countries and not providing, uh, not having the, the, the sort of uh, the regulations or not providing insurance for their employees, they certainly, they'll do that to save a buck and make money for their shareholders. Any major industry. Okay, so so let's not go overboard just on the NFL. That's, that's what I say about that part. We just can't go hammer on the NFL when you can turn on the television 
You could you could look at you can look at any industry and see the same sort of things. So that's why I go a little soft because at least I'm entertained and we know what the NFL is. It's just the new generation of guys don't know what the NFL is. But the New England people think, oh, let me tell you about New England. New England, we know or we strongly suspect or we have nearly proven that they're cheaters. It depends on your perspective. I feel like they've cheated. Spygate, Deflategate, and the little things that they've done through the years to to cheat. Not to mention players on PEDs. Not to mention you guys knew that Aaron Hernandez had a questionable background. You've signed guys before, but questionable backgrounds. But as long as you're winning, it was cool. So what I said, what I tweeted is, you know, here come the morality police from New England trying to tell me, uh, look down their nose at Antonio Brown. I have no problem with New England cutting Antonio Brown. None whatsoever. But don't act like it was a moral decision. That's bullshit. And I don't, I don't go for it. I'm not here for that. That's a lie. Okay, the only difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots or any other organization, I don't even want to pick on the Cowboys, is the fact that none, none of them are, are much more moral than the next. Maybe the Texans are. They're pious. We see that every Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, the difference is they win games. They win. They win. Whatever they're doing, however they're doing it, in America, you, if we love you if you're winning. And that's what they do. So there's that. So I've gone on on this long tirade. But let me break this thing down. For the We The People segment, I want you guys to call 832-961-6614. Okay? 832. I want to make sure I got it right. 832-941-6614. And uh, leave us a, your opinion 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. It's a it's the sports talk line is just for that. Or if you want anything, if you want to communicate with me about anything pertaining to sports talk, that's the way to do it. So a number of questions I asked on the sports talk with Devin Wade Facebook page. I talked a little bit about the most surprising team, uh, the most surprising three and team of this NFL season, 49ers, Bills, Cowboys, and I didn't mention Green Bay until in the comments, but by far everybody is most well not by far, uh, but the majority say the 49ers are the most surprising three and O team, and they are. I mean they have. I mean we didn't we didn't see this one coming. Garoppolo coming off a major injury. Uh, they have pieces there, but you know they're off to a great start. Second in the team that I would probably have voted for were the three and O Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. I mean again. This is the season of the have and the have-nots in the NFL. And if you have a stretch with the have-nots, you can guarantee yourself a win. The Giants are have-nots, even though they won against Tampa Bay. The Jets are have-nots. The Dolphins are have-nots. These are teams that may not win a game. Right now, the have-nots are the Steelers. You know, the have-nots are the, are the Bengals. The have-nots are the, the Broncos. Conversely, I asked the question, which team is the most disappointing well, the most disappointing team, not necessarily the 0-3 teams, um, but uh, the most disappointing team in the NFL is the 0-3 Pittsburgh Steelers. The majority of the folks voted for that and said that uh, that the Steelers are the most disappointing. Browns came in second, which is not a lot of surprise there because there's a lot of hype behind the Browns. You have ODB. You have Baker Mayfield. You have Kareem Hunt coming. 
He's not there yet. You have Nick Chubb. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Miles Garrett, who is a beast, by the way. He's a super, super beast. Um, but then the most disappointing team, uh, you guys said, the we, the people said, were the are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, uh, you know, with the Cowboys doing what they do, you want to give them credit when they, when you know, when they do right. When they do good, you want to recognize them. Not a lot, but you put it in perspective. I can't ignore that they're playing well. Just can't ignore them. So the question was, the 2019 Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys, if I can say it, uh, they will uh, – these are the three choices. Super Bowl bound, a product of a weak schedule, or they will cowboy it up. That means that they will do what, cowboy, what the Cowboys normally do with prosperity uh, since, I guess, Jimmy Johnson left or whatever, Barry Switzer, whoever won the Super Bowl. Uh, so whatever, I, I sort of I blocked that out in my mentality. But um, 50% of people say, hey, this team will cowboy it up. So despite a 3-0 and start, people believe, yeah, the other shoe is going to drop. Now, the 34% said the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl bound, and 16% say that they are a product of a weak schedule. So, hey. That's what you guys think. If you want to follow up on that with some comments, you certainly can. Uh, let's see, 832-941-6614. With that, let's go to who was nice, but not just nice, D-Nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. This is all about who was exceptional, who got off, in my opinion. And let's start with Money Mike Evans, the Galveston, Texas native. I mean, had a huge afternoon for Tampa Bay in a game that they should have won in beating Daniel Jones. He had eight grabs for 190 yards and three touchdowns. He did his thing. He was D-nice. My man Keenan Ivory Allen, just Keenan Allen, uh, I, I like him. He's probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Well, he got off, had 13 receptions and 183 yards and two touchdowns in a losing effort. Now, the bargain of the week, if you're talking about fantasy football, Taylor Gabriel, $4,400, had 32.2 fantasy points and won me some money. Not a lot of Let me put that in perspective. But he won me some money because he did work last night for the Chicago Bears, had three touchdowns on six receptions for 75 yards in a drubbing of, really, Case Keenum and the Washington Redskins. Case had a, had numbers. He had numbers, but he had five turnovers. So he's on another list. We'll talk about him later on. Another guy, I've been telling you, they should call him Dalvin Chef. Instead, as Dalvin Cook, I'm talking about. Third straight game of over 100 yards. He had 110 yards, 33 receiving yards, and a touchdown for the Minnesota Vikings. Another guy, second 100-yard game out of three games. Mark Ingram had three touchdowns and 100-plus yards for the Baltimore Ravens in a losing effort. Of the ones I named, I think the only one to win was Taylor Gabriel and Dalvin Cook. Uh, they jumped on the Raiders. In a losing effort, tight end Darren Waller, he, man, he is somebody to watch out for at the tight end position. Had 13 receptions for 134 yards. As for the teams that are D-nice this week, the Houston Texans go on the road in a tough environment against my Super Bowl team from the AFC, the team that I think is going to win the AFC. 
the Los Angeles Chargers, although they were banged up in the secondary, I still love the team. But the Texans went on the road, came back from adversity, and got it done. Big win for them. Also, D-Nice, the New Orleans Saints go on the road in Seattle with a backup quarterback and get it done. They do work beating Seattle, and Teddy Bridgewater and company did work. Alvin Kamara had a huge game as well. The San Francisco 49ers are D-nice because they're 3-0. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, although they had a bunch of turnovers. They almost gave that game away. They won it, and they're 3-0 on the season. And finally, the Buffalo Bills, 3-0 on the season. They are doing work as well. Now, I'll get into some of the other fellas that have done, uh, who did big things in fantasy. That'll be on Thursday's edition. But for all of those folks, those are the ones who are D-nice. That's it for part one of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade, Precast 39. Coming up, Eddie Robinson in part two, still called the Blues. The Lamont Award, and before I let go, here's a word from our sponsor and DJ Anarchy in the mix. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Cobank Homes. Want to remind you guys, we're welcoming a new sponsor in October, so look for that. And you can also go to wadeswordproductions.com for all our sponsor affiliations, Amazon, uh, Meal Prep with Me, our new one. And uh, yeah, it'll be a great, great way to uh, get familiar with the folks who support the podcast so you can support them and we can all keep this thing going and growing and getting bigger and better. Now, last time I, I did uh, the who's bad segment about talk, talking about the people who were bad. But, you know, I took it a step further because I know firsthand that things on the, the Monday and Tuesdays after a uh, you know, a team loses in the NFL season, you know, the, the, the coffee's just a little cold, a little lukewarm, uh, you know, the, the air is just a little bit more foggy and polluted, and, you know, just breakfast just doesn't taste the same. You, you really, essentially, you're kind of depressed when your team loses, when you're really emotionally invested or financially invested. If you bet and lost, you, you it, it's an emotional thing. So I said, you know what? 
let's uh, talk about people who have the blues. Because no matter if it was your team that lost or your school that lost or your favorite player went down and it cost you time and money and energy and entertainment, any way you look at it. And it's still cold and blue, y'all. Testify, JT, tell them about it. You know what? A lot of teams suffered and a lot of folks had a blues around the country. But you really have to have the blues if you're a Saquon Barkley fan. If you have drafted him and you have him, you have to have the blues because he went out with a high ankle sprain. He could be out six to eight weeks. We don't know. We don't know how long he's going to be out. But that's the last thing your rookie starting quarterback needs. Daniel Jones, who has the limelight, who has the love, who has taken a big old huge bite out of the apple. He doesn't need the worm in the apple. I I don't know. Or Or the stem of the apple or the apple tree and Saquon Barkley going down, but that's exactly what's happened, and I know folks in New York, for that reason, have the blues. Case Keenum, again, 300-plus yards passing, and they got to within 13 with one of his five turnovers, two fumbles, three INTs. Man, that's my guy, and, I, you know, that gives me the blues because I root for him. I understand his limitations as a quarterback, but he's a cougar. Go Cougs, and you, you root for this guy because he's a good guy. I mean, at least the image that I have him. I don't know him personally, but he's a good guy, and you want him to do work. You want him to be okay. The other uh, teams and the other cities and the other fans that ought to have the Blues, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are absolutely horrible. No chance. They will not win a game this year. They, they will. Re- I mean, it's just terrible how bad this team is. Josh Rosen started. It didn't make much of a difference. They looked like they wanted to be competitive against Dallas early, but it just didn't happen. Blown away again. I would be surprised if they have two wins. I'll say they'll get one win because no team is that bad. No team is going to have no wins. So, I mean, maybe, maybe. If there's a team, this is the team that'll do it. Uh, The other fan base that ought to have the Blues, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you have the New York Giants, the lowly New York Giants, probably the third worst team in the NFL, third or fourth worst team in the NFL, and you have them, you do your thing, you talk about Mike Evans having eight grabs for 190 yards, three touchdowns, James Winston having a game that he needs to have, and you miss a 34-yard field goal to win that game, yeah, that'll give you the blues, and I tell you what, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, you think, okay, you get rid of the excess baggage of Antonio Brown, and you get rid of the excess baggage that is left. Davion Bell, you, you can talk only about football. And, of course, you lose Ben Roethlisberger, and that's a big, big blow. But now you have Mason Rudolph, a guy you invested in, you believe in, and you go on the road to San Francisco. That's a feeble 2-0. They have a ton of turnovers. You can't capitalize for the first time in a long time. That team is 0-3, and I know Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, all you Pittsburghers still have the blues. And finally, you know, if you are Antonio Brown, it goes without saying. This is the first week you didn't make any money. This is the first week you're a former NFL player. And I know at the end of the day, you know what? Yeah, you had a blues and the music can do it. But there's only one sound that I can think of for all of you guys. Now, And you have to sort of... Feel the badness, feel the sadness, feel the the hurt because uh, you can appreciate the good times when they come, if the good times come for any of these folks. But there's only one sound that sort of embodies what you guys are feeling right now. With that, let's go to a conversation we had with former NFL linebacker, part of the special teams unit. 
Eddie Robinson, my guy, a guy who might not have played special teams at all in his 11-year career in the NFL, but he's our boy, our guy, Eddie Robinson, back in the building. How are you, Ed? Yeah, it's always good to be back. So I see you uh, You have me on a special teams unit now. You got me well, on the kickoff team. Well, I know what it is, is I call my crew. I had to come up with a, a moniker for my crew, you know what I mean? Because I have a cast of about four or five folks that, I mean, it's you, Kalina, Biscuit, uh, the Silver Fox, yeah, a few of you guys that are part of the family. You're part of the clique. You're part of the crew. I mean, if this was Mayberry, you would be uh, Otis. <laughs> Otis, okay. I'll be Otis, okay. I got I don't you. Know. I got you. I see how you're playing. <laughs> oh, Ernest T. Bass. You take your choice. And, and we're dating ourselves with these references too, by the way. <laughs> but good to have you, man. How have you been? I mean, what adventures have you been on around the world? What have you been doing? Oh, man, I, not doing too much. Just uh, catching a little college football. Uh, you know, I have a son that's playing a little ninth grade football, so that's that's the biggest thing. Um, what about you know, cycling? Right now, you know, if you're in Texas, it, you know, it's, it's football season, so that's what's big. What about cycling? I mean, you put away the bike for the fall? Oh, no, nah, you never put the bikes away. Not in Houston. I mean, you can ride year-round. So, um, actually, you got the you got the Cycling World Championship going on this weekend in Yorkshire, England. So, that's that's <laughs> the big thing in the in the cycling world. You need to check that out on Sunday, man. Hey, man, you never, <laughs> let, you never let me down. You never <laughs> let me. And you know what? Ever since you, I mean, really, honestly, ever since our previous uh, podcast, I have, I take a look at Formula One. I peek in on Formula One. Who won the title? Is it over yet? Man, actually, you can go to Austin in in early November, and you can catch Lewis Hamilton. He's doing great. Uh, he's a Mercedes driver. He's won the last year or two, and he's, he's going to win this year. Mercedes has a team. But it's always good. The Ferrari guys have finally won. You know, they hadn't won in quite some time, and they have a young driver, uh, uh, Leclerc, who's actually doing pretty good. So I heard you about like the him. red cars or the Mercedes, you know, you just pick your poison, man. And I picked in on the tour, Tour de France as well. So I did. I mean, I've been, you know, you have, you have brought. When well, I, I knew about these events and I knew about the stuff, but I just, you know, I, I invested more because of your influence. So that's a good thing. So, well, we're three weeks into the NFL season. What have you seen? What has stood out to you generally? Because I have some very specific questions, but generally on the field, what has stood out to you? Well, I think right now you. what I'm really loving is the young African-American quarterbacks. And I think you're seeing that the guys that are having success are having success running and throwing the football. You know, Mahomes, of course, you know, uh, MVP candidate, you know, probably win it again. Just you know, he's 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 way above his years. But I think nobody saw Lamar Jackson playing as good as he's been playing. You know, Deshaun Watson, he's playing good. You just if, if you can keep him from getting hit every play. I mean, you have something that's going to be special there. And then the uh, Jacoby kid, uh, Brissett in Indianapolis. I mean, he's, you know, he's not a first-time starter, but I mean, for him to come in there and, and play at the level that he's playing at, I just think you got a, a lot of young guys who are just really throwing the football around really well. And, and you know, it's always a quarterback league. And I think it's still going to be a quarterback league, but now it's starting to be where you have to have a quarterback who can run and pass. And, and I love it. And I think, you know, it's a far cry from when you had Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon were the only two black quarterbacks in the league. And so I'm, I'm just I just think going forward, 
it's just going to be some real exciting football. Well, you know what? And you you talk about we've talked about this, or I've talked about this on previous podcasts. The thing is, this is a transformative year when it comes to a new era of quarterback. And when you look at it, maybe the end of Big Ben, uh, you know, he says he's going to come back. But if Mason Rudolph gets off and he's playing well, maybe they don't rush Ben back. You look at Eli being benched what it look for what looks like permanently in New York. That that's a safe bet. That his career is just about done there. And you look at Drew Brees, who may not come back to be the same. And you add Andrew Luck leaving, and all of a sudden, man, it's just a, a whole new crop of new quarterbacks around the league. It's just an unbelievable time uh, for new quarterbacks. And you didn't even mention a guy, uh, well, a couple guys. I know you talked about the African-American quarterbacks, but Daniel Jones had made a, a really solid, exceptional debut. And then this guy that we've not paid much attention to, Josh Allen, is uh, is doing a lot of work for Buffalo, 3-0 and Buffalo. Now, they'll be tested for the first time this weekend versus New England. And then Minshew. Gardner Minshew in yeah, Jacksonville. Minshew. So, give me your thoughts on uh, on those guys. Well, I mean, Josh Allen, I, I I don't think he's that big of a surprise, but I mean, he's he's doing a good job, and uh, and I mean, you look at him, he's real poised. He's able to you know move, athletic quarterback. Uh, once again, in that that same type of uh, you know mode as those other guys. And Minshew is is the guy that I think is very interesting because my my years in Jacksonville and I was there in in what ninety five and ninety six you know we had a young Mark Brunel left hander you know was looking like a Steve Young took us to an AFC Championship game we had some really good years and this was you know before he had the knee injury which kind of slowed him down made him a little bit more immobile but I think if you look at a Tom Coughlin as a GM and he's he may be seeing the same thing and it was and it was the exact same situation they had Steve Berline who was the veteran who's supposed to lead the franchise for a couple years but he was injured and Mark Brunel got in and just did a great job and and basically took over that franchise so it'll be interesting to see if the same thing happens down there in Jacksonville so yeah you got a lot of the old guys who are who are looking like old guys everybody's looking old except for uh except for Tom Brady and uh, he's still looking like he's just marching on along but well, Andrew I mean, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is playing well they're three and on the season so he's He's doing his thing too. So I mean, yeah, the Aaron, old Aaron Rodgers. You have Rodgers, and of course you have uh, Philip Rivers, who's still throwing it around the yard. But those two guys may have to do something in the postseason at this point. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has done it in the postseason, but you know, lately he's just he's been somewhat of a you know I'm good in a regular season. I'm great some games. I'm not some some great to others. So to me, I think he's one of those quarterbacks that's kind of on the downside or you're kind of staying flat and I know it sounds kind of weird because it's Aaron Rodgers but I just don't see that old Aaron Rodgers where it was somewhat a little magical now it's kind of like uh, maybe you know maybe a little here and there so definitely the year of the quarterback uh like Teddy B or Bridgewater he's just starting off in New Orleans but you know it'll be interesting to see how he does he has a really good chance to audition with Drew Brees being out for the six weeks so he'll get a good five six ball game so it's, it's going to be his team until then, so we'll see how he handles the pressure. So, you know, you have your finger on the pulse of uh, New Orleans. What are the people feeling like? What are you, What's the team feeling like? What's the city feeling like with Drew Brees going down with this kind of injury where you just don't know how he'll respond to come back from ligament damage in his thumb? Uh, what do you guys feel? What What's your, your gut reaction uh, to Drew being down? Can he come back? You know, this is a Super Bowl year for you guys. I mean, the window is, is closing here. Here. What do you think? What, what's what's the prognosis for the New Orleans Saints? 
Yeah, I think uh, because the injury happened so early and, you know, you have a bye week early. So uh, I feel like Drew will be back and uh, you know, everything went. If you listen to the doctor, it went good with the surgery. Not a hard injury to rehab. You have to, you know, get your throwing on back and stuff like that. But I, I think Drew will come back. And, and really, I mean, Drew wasn't a big deep ball thrower at this point in his career. He was more with the accuracy and, yeah. and the intelligence of running the team and stuff like that. So if Teddy can kind of get in that same vein of which he, which he has, you know, you got the Camaro, you got the Thompson, you got the weapons who, you know, you can throw it to him for eight yards and they can take it for 20. So he has those type of players. So as long as the offensive line does well, I, I think the defense is playing a whole lot better than the defenses have in the past and they're creating turnovers. So you look at that Seattle game, it was definitely a, a defense and special teams who got things going. I think the Saints are still poised. I mean, they may not be the, you know, we'll get the home field advantage with the best record, but I, I think they're still the favorite to win that division simply because the other teams just haven't really stepped up to, to raise their game at a consistent level. So Saints, if they can win a division and, and even if they don't get the bye, I think the Saints are a dangerous team in the playoffs, especially if you have a Drew Brees who's back and, and had five or six weeks to you know get his timing down. Well, you got a big test this weekend. Uh, how do you look at this game versus the Cowboys? Because, again, you live in Houston, so you know what we put up with in the way of Dallas Cowboy fans. So this is going to be unbearable for Saints fans if they lose. I mean, they will book their uh, flights to the Super Bowl if yeah. they win <laughs> against the Saints, although it's not the same Saints without Drew Brees. What are your thoughts on this week's game with the Saints and the, uh, the Cowboys? Well, I mean, the, the Cowboys, I mean, they've they've beaten probably the three worst teams in the NFL, but you, know, you never apologize for winning. So I'm going to beat whoever you put on the schedule. It's the, it's the Mount Carmel sisters. I'm going to beat them, too. So you just got to play who they put on the schedule and you don't take you don't apologize for it. But. I think it's a uh, I think it's a big test for the Cowboys too. I mean, really, you know, the Saints' first four games were really tough. You know, you had the Texans and you had on the road with Seattle and the Rams, and then you had the Cowboys at home. So realistically, to go two and two is a uh, is a good start for the Saints. But I think with the with the Cowboys going on the road at three and zero, I mean, they have a great chance to get off to a four and zero start. And now you're talking about winning the division and home field advantage. You got you have the tiebreaker over the Saints. And this is a big game with the playoff implications down the line. Uh, I think everybody knows that, you know, coming to New Orleans in the playoff game is super tough with that crowd. So nobody wants to come back to New Orleans for a playoff game if you're an opposing team. I think the, the key to stopping the Cowboys is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you have to get him under control. And make it a deck. A Dak Prescott has to throw forty or fifty times and take your chances. You know, and you mentioned this, and you mentioned a lot of quarterbacks. You did not mention Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts on him? And he's looked now. You have to admit he's been looking amazing with this new look Kellen Moore run offense. I mean, you got to give your boy some props. I don't. You know, I hate the Cowboys like more than anybody. But hey, Dak is doing work. I mean, what are your thoughts on his performance this year? Nah, man, I think he's off to a great start. I mean, I, I don't know what they're waiting on to pay the guy. And so I think, if anything, you're going to have the, the discord of like, all right, man, what what do I have to do in order to get a big contract? So I think it's uh it's definitely time to give him, you know, that the range. I mean, he's been Mr. Cowboy. He's done everything that the owner could have wanted other than win a Super Bowl. But I think I think Dak has a very interesting skill set. He's getting better and better. He's he's being a leader on and off the field. But to me, it still comes down to Ezekiel Elliott. If, if you can stuff Ezekiel Elliott and stop the run game first, I think that's when you have success against the Cowboys. I mean, but 
you know, they have a defense. And so, I mean, they have some good active linebackers, good people up front. So it's, it's going to be, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a good game. I think it may come down to the field goal kicker and, and, and who can make a, a long field goal at the end of the half or at the end of the game to kind of get that three or seven point lead. So Now, I want to shift gears and talk about some of the stuff off of the field. You, again, play for Jacksonville, so you know a little bit about the organization, the city, and all those things. Jalen Ramsey, he wanted a trade, and then he came out, and then the team had a nine-sack game on Thursday night, won a tough divisional game, and now he's been sick. I guess he's having a sick out, and he's not going to practice. He wants out of Jacksonville. What do you do if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars in that situation? Well, I mean, it's, it's it's an interesting day where, you know, guys are, hey, I want out, I want out, and and, and then they get traded. So it's like, I don't know when that started, and, and I don't know how long it's going to continue, but it's, it's just a, a different day and time. So if if I'm Jacksonville with a player like him, I mean, I think you have to try to uh, work it out. I mean, nobody knows exactly what happened, but, you, you know, you have a Tom Coughlin who was a, you know, hard-nosed coach who's the, you know, GM and president of the team, and, so I think him, the player, and the coach all sit down and say, hey, all right, let's figure it out. Players play, coaches coach. So let's put this behind us, and let's move forward, and let's win some games. Because they have a chance with that division to still have some success and possibly get in the playoffs. So I wouldn't trade a player like that unless, you know, you got that offer, those two first-round picks or something like that, which you may get or you may not. But I'm I'm definitely and, – and, and the fact that he played the other night, it was obvious that he's going to be on a team. If it was a guy that – if there was an imminent trade or, or a definite trade coming up, you wouldn't have risked them playing that night. So the fact that he played and played hard and played well, I think is going to be a non-issue. I think the trade talk will fade away. The year will go on, and, and he'll be a Jaguar. Well, you know, the owner already said he wants he will pay him. But you look at that situation, it seems like a Doug Marone issue more than it is a Jalen Ramsey issue. But hopefully they can put that together because, man, you know, we're a couple years removed from this team playing an AFC championship. So this team went and just dominated Pittsburgh, and they were really they did it with Blake Bortles. I mean, it was this was a thing, you know what I mean? And, and so Jacksonville, you know, really, really has something on the defensive side, and if they can get any production if Nick Foles can come back. I don't believe in Minshew long-term. I think Nick Foles will be the guy, but, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Uh, we'll have to see. Let's, I, you know, I got to ask you about Antonio Brown. This has been just – have you ever seen a guy just throw away all this guaranteed money? I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is unprecedented to have, what, $29 million guaranteed and then have another – Fifteen, you know, nine million in base salary and another six. So you you could have made another fifteen million this year, but a second year. So I mean, you to get two chances in such a short period of time and and to mess up both of them. I mean, it's just it's, I mean, he's like on a crash and burn course. So hopefully the hopefully the young man can get it turned around before it's too late because at some point the talent won't outweigh your uh, attitude and your actions. And so, well, you know, he says he's not playing in NFL anymore. He says that he, well, they say that he's enrolled in Central Michigan or whatever school. I guess that was it, Central Michigan, and he's going back to college. Well, you know what? They can't teach you how to not be a damn fool. So I don't know what 
what it is you're going to get out of that whole situation. And whatever you're going to school for, it's not going to give you $30 million guaranteed on the other end. Yeah. So, well, I think if, 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 him, if him and President Trump just stop tweeting and stop using that cell phone so much, because both of them, they don't think. They just send the message out first, and then it's like, oh, uh, I sent that. Or maybe they meant to send it. I don't know. But it just seems like it just seems like his phone just has a life of its own. So well, see, it, then, it, it then gets him in a lot of trouble. I want to go next level with you, because you've been in locker rooms, and you know that there have been allegations, some true, some not true, against some of your teammates. You guys know. You you know things that have happened around the league. You have been in the locker room. You're on the other you've been on the other side. So this is not foreign to you in that way. So I want to get your take. Do you have a situation like this with a lady who was really just in it for a money grab? How do you just in general, how would you handle this particular situation? Because I don't think the general opinion from the folks who call KTSU sports talk and folks I've talked to, the general opinion is that they don't believe that Antonio Brown is guilty of the allegations the first young lady charged him with. And they, right. they really right. think it's a money grab because she went straight to civil court. But how do you handle stuff like this? Or how have folks uh, in your past, you know, teammates handle these kinds of situations? Well, I think the, the smart thing is you just don't have a comment. I mean, you, you basically get an attorney, you let your attorney handle it. But the number one thing you don't do is contact the the other party and you definitely don't contact them by a traceable text message. So it's like, <laughs> if you want to do, if you want to do like the total yeah. idiot move, it's like, yeah, send her a text message, threaten her not to do something. And not only that, include your friends on it and then not even use it from a burner phone. Like, like, do you not watch The Wire or the, uh, <laughs> Power or anything, or any, any of the other criminal shows? And so, it's, so when so when he does stuff like that, it's like, bro, you just dumb or just stupid. It's like I, I can't even fathom that a person that's in a civil lawsuit and also with a person with a chance to to blow the opportunity of making nine million dollars uh, does that. So, but I will say is from a player standpoint, and I was talking with a, with a former player today, actually, I think from an NFL PA standpoint, you have to adamantly fight for those bonuses for this guy, whether you agree with him or not, whether he's an idiot or not, it doesn't matter because right. if, if the precedent is set that the owners can start guaranteeing money and then unguaranteed money, based on the actions of players, then at that point, the owners will have a whole lot of backdoor traps, you know, fall in, you know, you get a, you, you get a traffic ticket or you get any type of random felony for anything and then the money's not guaranteed. A lot of the things he was saying was correct, but I think the, the way he was trying to say it was, of course, incorrect. I mean, yeah, the, the accusations against the owner were not accusations because he did a plea against the owner of the Patriots with Kraft. Yeah, it's disappeared. Nobody's ever heard of it again. So if that was a player. Would the same thing have happened if that was a player? Oh, no, you know, no. Ben Roethlisberger, you had the same situation. You know, you you, yeah, plead, that you, was... took, you took four games and it never happened again. So, But other players have not been able to play ever again. Like Colin Kaepernick had didn't play ever again. Ray Rice didn't play ever again. So you have an owner who pleads, but now uh, if, if there was a penalty or something, the public never found out about it. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and, and you so would the, think the that things that, that he's pointed out are things that I think is questions that are asked in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, why you think this, this is some BS? You know, this is privilege. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's some questions that he brought up that's true. But from, a, from an NFL PA standpoint, whether you agree with it or not agree with it, 
you're looking at the precedent that the owners can say, hey, you know what? Well, in the Antonio Brown situation, we did this and we took the money back. So it's like all of the other players, I mean, you're like walking on a tightrope. It's like guaranteed money is guaranteed. Like, like for example, if, if you have a guy that has a drug issue, a drug issue, as we know, is a medical issue. You know, all right. of these kids that are on Oxycontin, we treat it as a medical condition. We're no longer treating them as crackheads like they did in the 80s when it was African-Americans. Now that it's white kids in Minnesota and Ohio and West Virginia, it's a medical issue. So if I get caught smoking marijuana, you should put me into drug treatment and treat it as a medical condition, not take back my guaranteed money. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so you 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 kind of you start crossing lines and well, have but social is, but norms on, that are me, being changed. Right. And so, but hold on, let's it's, back it's, up though. Let's back up because these were not drug issues. His issues were not drug issues. It's, it's, so. it's, it's, it's they're idiot issues. I, I agree <laughs> with that. But it, but even for the same thing of if you look at the accusers, he has not been arrested. He has not been indicted. But right. he's unable to play. And I'm okay with him being under investigation and not being able to play. But then when you take the back guaranteed money after uh, uh, accusation, when you have an owner and other people who have actually plead guilty, <laughs> you, know, you see what I'm saying? So that that's his situation. So the things that he are pointing out, you got to look, you can't look at the clown. So you got to listen to the words coming out the clown. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, He's right. acting like total clown and a donkey. But some of the things he are saying, he's saying is making sense. But unfortunately for the brothers is people aren't listening to it because you're acting such an ass that they're not even hearing the stuff that you're saying that is making sense. You're making some valid points. But dude, you acting such a clown that nobody's even hearing. So, so, so and, I, and I'm looking at and I'm looking at it from a, how do you protect the players from the 32 owners? If you give me a guaranteed contract, that's guaranteed. Conduct detrimental to the team shouldn't be a decision by the NFL commissioner only when an NFL commissioner is employed by the 32 teams. Why can't we get a retired judge? Why can't we get a committee of three and who can make a decision together? Because but who negotiated that detrimental that to the team is such a is such a huge it is you know, anything can be conduct detrimental to the team when, when you owe me twenty nine million and you don't want to pay me. But but, hold on. but who signed that deal? And that's unfortunate that the players signed that deal. Okay, now you now you having the conversation that needs to be talked about is the, the NFLPA. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the conversation that he's bringing up. So he's bringing up a real good conversation, but he's doing it in a real dumb way. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it'll be interesting to see if people kind of look at, hey, all right, you know what? We don't agree with, with this brother, what he's saying and what he's doing and his actions. However, the talking points need to be talked about. You know, right. that's no all doubt. I'm saying. How much do you think of the guaranteed money he'll get? I mean, if you had to sort of take a guess, do you think he'll get some of his guaranteed money? I mean, I think he has a legitimate grievance to get some of the $29 million. To me, if, if that guaranteed and, – and I don't – and trust me, I don't know the language of the CBA by heart. So this could already be in there, and I could be sounding like a total fool right now. But to me, it should be a situation where, okay, if, if my conduct <laughs> detrimental to the team was et cetera, et cetera, I should not lose the entire $29 million. Maybe I lose 30% of it. Maybe for the first infraction, I, you lose 15%. Maybe for the second one – I lose 30%. If I do a third thing, then I lose the whole thing. It shouldn't just be, if you don't act right, we're taking our $29 million back. Right. All right? If, if if you have, you know, drug treatment, this and this, because I'm looking at the drug treatment as a medical condition. If you're making $20 million a year and you continue to use marijuana and that causes you not to be able to play, 
obviously a person in his same mind would stop using the marijuana so I can pass the drug test and earn my money. If not, that's a medical condition. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this. It, going back to the, the initial accusation. Now, we know that guys settle with accusers all the time. Would he have been best served to just settle this thing and make her go away? I mean, I know it's hard to just give away some money when you know you're innocent, but ultimately this is going to cost him. This led to a sort of trickle-down effect where this pebble turned into a massive snowball that may very well end his career. Do you, I mean, do you pay well, her? Well, I think, I, now, see, now you're looking at Antonio Brown logic. What you're saying is that I'm a victim and the person is accusing me, is falsely accusing me. But let's say this, even if she is falsely accusing him, he put his in his, he put himself in the situation by doing so many things outside of the lines from the helmet to the, this, to the, you know, calling the, the GM a cracker and all this other stuff that when this accusation came, it, it was the last straw. So, hey, had he been a model citizen and done the correct things, this accusation would have been the first accusation or the first, you know, someone. Then at that point, you can go through the legal process. Hey, man, I'm a good kid. I do good things. I help the community. This person is falsely accusing me. She's trying to get money from me. And I'm going to go through the legal process with my lawyers to defend myself and not have to pay her. But when you do all of this other stuff, then this finally comes out. Now is the, now is the point where you have to sit down because you've given the, you know, the other side the ammunition they need it in order to get you in this situation. But that's an Antonio. Now, now, hopefully the truth comes out. Whether she, if, if he did it, then he deserves to be penalized for it. If he didn't do it, then the young lady deserves to be penalized for it. We may never know the truth. They're the only two that can actually say exactly what happened, unfortunately. But however that works out, then, you know, he. I think although it, it ended where that was the last thing that caused him to, to get released, um, it was so many other things that he did that I don't think he can blame the NFL or blame her or blame that situation on why I got released. Nah, you got to look at the 10 things you did before that <laughs> right. in order for this one thing to be the final thing, you know? Right. So let me ask you this since shifting gears and finally, before we let you get out of here this time, uh, the Houston Texans, what are your thoughts on the local team? Uh, obviously a big win on the road at San Diego or oh, actually Los Angeles. I can't, I'm, again, I make yeah, this thing, but yeah. at the charge, uh, in the soccer stadium because <laughs> that's what it was uh, a major league soccer stadium so what are your thoughts on the Texans uh, through three games well I, I think uh, it, it's all about Deshaun Watson I mean it's and when I say that I'm not critiquing his play I think he's playing lights out I mean the things that he was when I saw him in person in New Orleans I mean he was able to make play after play throw after throw and so it's, it's not a critique on him. Can he get it done? I know he can get it done. It's a matter of can the offensive line and the play calling allow him to stay healthy enough for 16 games in order to get it done. I mean, you can't treat your Ferrari like it's an F-150. And they run him through the mud and over cliffs and, they, you know, they, and all this type of stuff and then bouncing them on rocks. And then they wonder why – 
the little brake light is on. Like, dude, he a Ferrari. You got to treat him nice. You bring him out on sunny days. You wash him when it's raining. You keep him inside the garage. And they're not treating him like a Ferrari. And that's the one thing I, I, I hate with you got these young African-American quarterbacks. And they did Steve McNair the same way. You want to run quarterback sweeps with Lamar Jackson like this is peewee football. I'm like, no, you don't run quarterback sweeps with your Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? You run a shuffle pass and you let somebody else do that. You know. So now, let I'm me ask saying- you this. How much of, of, any, of the punishment he takes is his responsibility. If you had a chance to coach him or, or talk him, you know, you had co- a cup of coffee with him and say, hey, look, this is how to survive in the NFL, what would you tell him? How, I mean, because some of this is his responsibility. You, you know, again, we say all with Cam Newton, he sacrificed his body for the team, and now Correct. it looks time like – Yeah, and now right. it looks like he's very beat up. He doesn't look like the same guy. What do you – how do you – what do you, What would you tell Deshaun Watson about this entire situation if you had a chance to really talk to him? I would show him a film of Drew Brees. I would show him a film of Aaron Rodgers. But the the, the guy who did it the best was Johnny Five. If you look at my guy, uh, Donovan McNabb, he was the best at running when he had to run. And he used the he used his ability to run to set up the pass. When Johnny Five came out the pocket, he was always looking downfield. And what he would do is get right up to the line of scrimmage, stop, and throw the ball 50 yards down the field. He only ran when he had to run. And so I think Deshaun has to get into the mood where I run when I have to, but I'm not sacrificing my body. I'm not getting hit unless it's a, a big first down, end of the game, touchdown situation. You have to do it in the unique time. But the problem with me and the problem with these coaches that I don't understand is when we played a guy like a Doug Flutie or, or – um, Slash and Pittsburgh, Cordell Stewart. When we played those guys, the whole week we're discussing, hey, we got to keep these guys in the pocket. Defensive end, stay wide, push up the middle, keep them in the pocket. Don't let them get out the pocket. We don't want them to be able to run and throw. Well, you know what these coaches do? They try to turn them into drop back passes and passes, and they keep them in the pocket. Thank you, stupid. We want them in the pocket because we know where he's at. You know when he's going to kill us is when he's outside the pocket on the numbers. And I don't know if a linebacker, should I keep covering this tight end 20 yards down the field or should I run up and stop him before he gets these eight yards for a first down? That's when I'm stressed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, first of all, it's the coaching. Man, you should be rolling this dude out the pocket. You should have bootlegs on every other play. It's no need for him to drop back in the pocket where he can get hurt. Put him on the edge of the defense, not to run but to stress and pressure the defense where he can still throw. So a lot of it is, is play calling and just the style of play calling. You want to call plays for Deshaun Watson like he's Ben Roethlisberger. Every time he dropped back in the pocket, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's nothing good for him in the pocket. Get him out the pocket every time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So part of it is he has to have that mentality of I'm the most valuable chess piece on the board and I can't get hurt. And even if I can – Run for a first down. If I see a big tight end, you know what? I'm going to toss to him for three yards and let him go take that hit and get the first down. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And then the coaches have to coach like he's a Ferrari. Like, dude, protect this dude at all times based on your play calling, based on the style of plays you run, and don't put him in a situation where he can get hurt. If he stays healthy, I mean, the Texans, I mean, I think they win the division. I mean, they, they have a good defense. J.J. White still has more juice in the tank. Merciless is the guy that's really stepping up and he's able to make the plays with Clowney not there. I mean, I think they're definitely a 
I mean, they're a playoff team, possibly a division winner with Deshaun Watson. Without Deshaun Watson, they're nine and seven. <laughs> it's just well, that yeah, simple. Yeah, yeah. So. Or, or, or worse. Uh, with or a, worse. With a little bit balanced uh, in that division. Really an uh, ambiguous kind of division where you just don't know who's going to show up for which team uh, each and every Sunday out. So with that, how can folks reach you on social media? Uh, I'm real simple. I've been doing this for a long time. E-Rob50, E-R-O-B-5-0 on Facebook and Twitter. So you, you, had, you had to get those. When you when you see a person that got those four letters and two numbers, yeah, that's been old school, man. I was first on it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, now that we got you back, we'll have you back probably once every couple of weeks, once a week, as much as we can. We're going to get you back in a rotation because we have some NBA stuff to talk about and much, much more. So uh, we'll have you back uh, really, really soon. Oh, that works. We're going down to uh, going down to New Orleans to beat up on these boys. Who that? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eddie Robinson. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, I like. I like when you when you get excited about your team, Eddie Robinson. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. We certainly appreciate it. All right, appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Great to hear from our guy Eddie Robinson, and uh, we'll have a we'll have more discussions with him in the near future. Right now, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big dummy. This is where we recognize somebody who's done something stupid and uh, dumb and maybe dumb-ish. I, I don't want to go too, too hard on people uh, in these segments, but, you know, they've done something that we consider dumb and you know, award-worthy for the podcast, and this time out, we are giving it out to a guy. Now, this is where we have to tread lightly, and, and maybe the maybe it's hypocrisy for me to actually give this award when I am criticizing this guy for doing essentially what I'm doing now, but not really, because there's no real venom in this. So for a long time, people have recognized sort of the the slant and the negativity and the double standard in the way certain athletes are talked about or how certain reporters talk about certain athletes, where it ventures from being a professional critique of somebody and it goes into the dark, murky waters of something being very personal. You don't never know what it is. Maybe somebody got stiffed for an interview. Maybe Maybe somebody never got the attention. Maybe a guy misled a reporter and a reporter sort of went out on a limb and led with a story, thought he had breaking news, only to be misled by the athlete for whatever reason. For whatever reason, guys create or have uh, personal animosity towards athletes. We see it and we feel it, but rarely is it as blatant as it was when Paul Feinbaum did it on ESPN. Now, I have a clip courtesy of ESPN. Now, I think a lot of people have heard about the tirade Ryan Clark had, but here are the comments from Paul Feinbaum talking about Cam Newton. We're not watching the beginning of the end. It is the end. It's over for Cam Newton. I don't know why we are mincing words and trying to find a pretty way to put it. I think it's he's a train wreck right now. He can't do what he used to do. And, and quite frankly, uh, forget the, the sympathy tour. Cam Newton has never really cared about anyone other than Cam Newton. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't be given the opportunity. But he, he's, he's brought this franchise down. It's over for Cam Newton. Nice knowing you, but you're done. Scathing remarks from Paul Feinbaum on Cam Newton. And, okay, I can get with some of the stuff that you said until you said Cam Newton doesn't care about anybody but himself. And then everything after that. 
you know, forget about Cam Newton. Um, you know, he's brought the franchise down. So clearly your professional opinion is slanted by your personal feelings about him. Now, again, uh, Paul Feinbaum is big in SEC country. And of course, uh, you know, Cam went to Auburn. I don't, I don't know a lot about Paul other than he's very popular in SEC. He's an SEC guy. He's a veteran guy. He's been in the game a long, long time and he should know better. You can't do that. And I try really, really hard. This is my philosophy and I try hard to hold on to it. And I'm sure I step over the line frequently. If you talk as much as I do, you're going to cross the line. My philosophy is this. Keep that same energy if that person walks into that room. Because I come from a world where what you say can uh, get hands put on you. Okay? It's not, there's not a bunch of millionaires walking around who, who are just brush this stuff off if you say something about somebody usually in the real world you will put yourself in a position where somebody can put hands on you so my philosophy is generally try not to make it personal and i have on occasion and i've been offended and upset by uh, certain athletes and i maybe subconsciously or consciously it has uh, tainted my uh, perspective my professional opinion of them as professional athletes but you this is a textbook classic example of what not to do don't let your personal feelings bleed into your professional opinion we know it happens all the time we know how certain athletes get covered we know how the story is painted now at the end of the day cam shouldn't even respond to this but it's good that we see it he's not the only one we see it in columns we see it every single day but just not this blatantly and so for that reason paul feinbaum you dropped the ball on this one because i'm sure you felt this way about cam for a long long time you just let it ease out of your pores. And for that reason, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for listening. Want to thank Eddie Robinson, DJ Anarchy, Kobank Holmes. Want to remind you guys, WaysWordProductions.com. WaysWordProductions.com. In addition to that, Devin at WaysWordProductions.com and 832-941-6614. We'll try to come back at you Thursday. Give me some feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. This has been Briefcast 39 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. On any platform, you get your podcast and KTSURadio.com. And as always, have a great day. For one night, I'm the man in your life, and we do the things that love do. All the love in you like, I give it to you just right. There's nothing less than special when it comes to you. See, what we have is understanding that works so well for how we are. Cause neither of us has a heart to fall in love over again. you 
is that you're always so cool and comfortable whenever I'm around. You're someone that I can talk to no matter what I'm going through. I call on you because I know you'll always be down. See what we have is so incredible. 